Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studio. Today on the show, I use someone in the D.C., Fairfax, and Virginia area who has a disability and has trouble finding affordable housing, even housing with a community. Well, my next guest, Paula Mannion and her husband, were inspired by a seminar to create a foundation that helps those find affordable housing and a community to boot. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today, I'm joined with Paula, who, who, is, who is the CEO of Our Stomping Ground. Welcome to the show, Paula. Oh, thanks, Reed. I love the way you introduced me as the CEO. I'm actually the chair and acting executive director. But yes, I am the CEO. Yes. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Well, I see I live here in Northern Virginia with my husband and we had three children. We've been married almost 35 years. Our oldest son has autism and he's the reason why we began this journey back in 2018. Michael was about to turn 30, about, he, was, he was 29, coming upon his 30th birthday. And we realized that after graduation from college, high school and college, he was still living in our home and uh, the future of living outside of our home, uh, a life of his own, was looking very slim. Um, he couldn't afford housing. Transportation was an issue because he didn't drive. And the other thing we were really worried about was he really didn't have a social life. He did in high school. He had band and band kids. And even in college, he had some friends in his language program at George Mason. But things had really fallen off. For him and life just was very isolating so we began this journey to figure out what we can do for michael and adults just like michael who have a disability uh, any disability whether it's a physical or a cognitive uh, disability to give them a better options for living working and playing right that's mm -hmm. kind of how this got started so um, I should fast fast forward a little bit. Uh, we had gone out one night and um, we learned about uh, a, pro pro a project in Maryland, the uh, Main Street Connect project. Uh, the Copelands were building an apartment complex up there and 25% of the complex was going to be for adults with disabilities. And we thought that was great. It was right in the downtown Rockville. So transportation wouldn't be an issue. And it had this community space 
um, where, you know, adults could gather and maybe watch the Super Bowl or there was a community kitchen there where they could cook and have um, events. And it just had the feel of a community within a community, right? It was inclusive. Mm -hmm. It would be affordable. It would be community-based, so accessible to um, transportation and grocery stores. And I thought, well, gosh, I wish we could do the same thing here. So that's how I went home and thought about that for a while. I thought really hard, Reed. How could we do this here in Northern Virginia? Who would I need to gather with me, right? Some other parents who felt the same way, some adults with disabilities themselves. We needed the self-advocates. We needed to figure out how we could do this here. So we got started. We picked a name. We weren't our stomping ground. We were City Center Nova because we thought we'd just be one place. But... We had a kickoff at the JCC, and we thought maybe 50 people would come. And over 250 people came, and the room was packed. And we realized just how much need there was. And on the way out of that meeting, I met someone who was an affordable housing developer. And she said, we have a project. I think our missions are aligned. I'd like to talk with you. And now, Reed, everything switched. We weren't maybe going to be one place. After we met with the developer, they had a, they had actually more than one place, but they had one project where we wouldn't build it, but they had set aside units, okay? They mm-hmm. had 10% of the units were set aside for people with disabilities. And we could be the community establishing, you know, a presence in that building and you know, supporting the adults in that building through programming and um, creating a community. So we decided this sounds good. And if we could do it in one building, maybe we could do it in several buildings. Yes. Does that does that sound like scalable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds scalable. And what a need there is. So if you build one building, you maybe house 20 adults maybe 10 adults, but if you build, if you have 10 build, 10 developers who you partner with, then you have 100 adults. And that becomes much more um, replicable. Mm -hmm. So that's how we got started. And four years later, four years later, we have three developers we work with right now, And we have six properties, three that are open, two that are going to be open in the next month. And then the final one will be open by probably March, April. And that will bring us to about 50 to 60 adults that we'll be providing uh, support for. Now, we're not their caregivers. We're not direct support providers or agencies that go in and help with you know, whether it's somebody might need help with activities of daily living or uh, bathing or taking their medications. No, we represent, um, you know, we we like to think that we're, we're there to help our adults meet one another, mm-hmm. get acclimated to the community. So the community begins to understand and appreciate all their talents and differences. 
and uh, to help them be success because people with disabilities aren't living inclusively in the community, right? They're living in congregate settings or with their families. And so the community doesn't quite always know what to make of having adults with disabilities living inclusively. So we want to change that. <clears throat> Bless you. Thank so you. that's what kind of in a nutshell, what we're doing, but even more than that, right? We have supper clubs, we have book clubs, we have walks, we have cleanups, we have bike share program, library programs. We're integrated fully into our buildings. So you're doing, a, what you're doing is basically a blessing for all those out, out, <laughs> out there with a disability. There needs to be more places like that in the U.S. Yes. You're seeing more and more people coming out, realizing they have either ASD or they have ADHD or they have some form of a, some form of a disability and they want to have a normal life. And it's yes. take it from someone who lives at home. I have somewhat of a normal life, but it's hard when you either live at home and you don't know what to do, you have no friend, you're kind of secluded in your own place by giving those a place that's affordable to live in, you're giving them a new look on life. Yes, and read friendships. Uh, we have one adult who said, I have friends. He's in his 40s. It wasn't happening before. He, he was at home and then he was in an apartment that was isolated. Because even if an adult with a disability gets out into an apartment, let's say for you, for example, even if you moved out of your family home, you know, you have to find relationships, right? And friendships. And it isn't always easy. So uh, our adults are making friends. They're making friends. They're getting together in the courtyards and in the lobbies and for supper and, and um, you know, bingo online and different things, especially the book clubs and the, the um, weekly just kind of chat. And this is really good. And our, our son, where does the story go for our son? So... If you're an adult with a disability and you have Medicaid, yes, mm -hmm. we understand Medicaid and a Medicaid waiver, then uh, some of the housing supports now in the several states are under Department of Justice settlements to have their um, Department of Behavioral Health and housing uh, authorities set aside units for adults with disabilities. So there's some nice subsidies for housing in the settlement populations in those states. We're a settlement population state. Virginia has been under a settlement with the Department of Justice since 2012. Now, but our son, Reed, mm -hmm. he doesn't qualify. He doesn't qualify for a waiver because um, one would say his VIDES, his VIDES assessment, which is the scoring they use for people with disabilities, is too high. Mm. It's too high. And even if it wasn't high, he makes 32000 a year, which is just a few thousand over the cutoff, even though he's poor and he does have a disability, right? 
Yeah. So what do we do about those individuals? Well, we are doing something for them as well. By partnering with affordable housing developers, we have the people who get the subsidies out of the Medicaid and settlement population and vouchers. And then we have people like our son who they just need an affordable unit. And we have so much work to do because for Mike, affordable is a 30% area medium income unit, but there are very few of those. There are a few more 40s and many more 50 and 60 percentage units. So Mike couldn't get a 30. They didn't have one. He doesn't qualify for 40, but with a friend that he met through our earth stomping ground, they mm -hmm. qualify for a 50% AMI unit. So they're going to put their little paychecks together. Together, they can't afford anything. Alone, they can't afford anything. But together, they can afford this apartment. So they're going to have a two-bedroom, two, full two-bedroom, two full baths. They'll each have their own bath in this brand-new apartment complex and be part of our stomping ground community at that building and we're so excited. So you mm -hmm. see what we're doing. I've seen the apartment. I looked at the website and I've seen the complexes. These aren't these aren't just some ordinary looking complexes. These are like high end apartments, all nice looking and great in beautiful areas in the DC area. I mean, yes, close to Michael. Uh, the this apartment building is across the street from the metro station, the Huntington Metro Station. So you can go anywhere. Grocery stores, pharmacies, parks, rec. Yeah. I bet you he's excited. Very excited for him. But we're worried. Uh, you know, we worry about all the kinds of things, right? Well, as any parent would be. I mean, my mom's biggest worry is when she's gone, how am I going to access myself? I mean, I hardly get out of the house as it is. I haven't driven since I got back from school. And she keeps pushing me to learn to get back under behind the wheel. But Michael doesn't drive, and a lot of our adults don't drive, and Uber, Uber and public transportation works. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten into arguments with my closest friends that I do have. They're like, who who live back north when before we moved, and they're like, my friends are like, you expect us to come all the way to meet you? I'm like, no, I don't expect you to come all the way here. I expect you to come halfway because it's halfway for you and it's halfway for me. Why should I, and my, my logic is why should I travel all the way north, which is about an hour, which will cost me a fortune Uber-wise, mm -hmm. and just to what? So we can sit and eat and then go back home? I'm like, that's a wasted money because that's all yeah. we have to do with me and my friends is eat and talk and then we go home. Yeah, so we um, we just want to, we want our adults to do what they want to do, right? We don't want to go, well, we think you should have like uh, a learn how to cook night and, a, you know, no, we want them to so do what they want. them create their own nights. Yes. So they created recently a couple of cool things, um, a film club. Wow. And the first first film was The Godfather. And they said, well, that was kind of long. We better pick something shorter. <laughs> and they high. also, yeah, they also created um, like um, 
like a happy hour. I, I forget what our, they call it. They have gone out on their first one and they're going out on their second one. And they wanted to go to a comedy club. So they're going to a comedy club together soon. So yes, it's important. They, they pick what they want to do. I would love to be part of that community by extension. Like have them put an invite out to me from here. Say, hey, if you're ever oh. in the deep area, come join us. Well, Reed, the film club is virtual. Oh. You could join the film club. They would love to have you. The film club, bingo, trivia. Our trivia nights are a blast. Those are all virtual. But, you know, when you're in the area going to a supper club dinner, um, going on one of the walks, the community walks, I think that would be great. Yeah, I mean, it would make, I think it would make my mom a little bit more happier knowing that, hey, he's out and about, he's traveling, and he's making friends. Yes, yes. And who knows, Reed? I mean, maybe you'd want to come out here someday and live in one of our communities. Who knows, yeah. And just never know. Life is, just never know. We've had people move to the area so that their uh, adults can get into one of our communities. They want to be close by. Mm-hmm. But Now, when was Michael diagnosed? Oh, he was an infant. Oh, he was um, 18 months old when I took him for his first evaluation. They they took a, a, several weeks to evaluate Mike. They did it mm-hmm. over 12 weeks because he he fooled them a little bit. He was pretty <laughs> social, smiley. But um, after the end of 12 weeks, he was diagnosed with autism by the TEACH program in North Carolina, which is world-renowned, mm-hmm. right? And so, uh, yeah. And he didn't speak until he was almost four. But he was nonverbal until he was four years old. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. He, he might have said a couple words, but he really didn't talk until he was four to five. He started to really talk. Now, what are some of the struggles you and your husband had faced uh, raising him? Well, certainly fighting the school system for inclusion. One of the biggest challenges was fighting a school system to get him into the integrated classroom where he can model some of the behaviors of children without disabilities, right? Being in self-contained classrooms, how was he going to learn? And then the challenges for the comorbid ADHD and treating that without, and being careful of treating ADHD and not overwhelming his sensory system with those medications, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as he became an adolescent and teenager, uh, comorbid anxiety and depression that developed and helping him through that be, to become his best self, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, does he have any special interests? He's a, he loves languages. When he was, um, graduated from North the community college. He was downstairs teaching himself Russian. He was translating the news into Russian. And I said to our, my husband, maybe he should go to school for that. So he did. He went to George Mason University and studied Russian and Eurasian studies <laughs> and went to Russia as part of the Critical Language Scholarship Program. He had a wonderful summer there. You should tell him he should become a linguist. Mm. Or an interpreter for deep for like for the news or anybody, you'd be great at it. 
Yeah, so it's a hard job becoming an interpreter, and you have to have a quite a uh, command of the language. But I, I still think you're right, Reed. He should do something with languages because he loves them. Now he's studying hung- Hungarian. No, does he have any friends? Yes. So through Social Grace, Ginny Conroy, who you've had on your podcast, um, she met uh, his, his the woman who's going to be his roommate, Maggie. And Maggie and Mike are uh, two adults that love to do very similar things. And they've become fast friends. So Maggie taught Mike diamond art, and he turns out he really likes diamond art. He finds it very relaxing. Diamond art? Yes, diamond art, Reed. Diamond. Oh, diamond art. Yes. Oh. Yes. It's kind of like paint by numbers with little beads that stick into the color Mm. zones. It's very tedious, and you do it with a little tweezer. But they love doing that. Oh, they love like um. Oh God, what do you call it? The people, the the bead, the color bead, the different color beads, and then you melt them down to different things. Yes, I'm. I'm probably, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah you would iron them. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. But really tiny, and you make these integral pictures. So. They love that and they love Monopoly. They love to go to the mall, to the amusement parks. Although Mike doesn't, Maggie doesn't go on rides. So they go with another guy from our stomping ground. And believe it or not, James and Michael love crazy rides, but Maggie will sit out and, for the crazy rides. They even That's did me. that thing where you strap yourself onto the big, uh, I don't know what you call it. They the, strap uh, Pull them way up high, 400 feet in the air, and let them go. <laughs> oh, God. I won't do that. It's like me. She's like me. Me and my friends went to um, I, we went to the Dells. Oh. And they, no, we went to Great America once, and my friend's girlfriend loves roller coasters. But me and my friend and her boyfriend, who was my good friend, hate them. Yeah. So her, my other friend and her and my other friend went on the roller coaster while the two of us sat it out. I'm like, there's no way in hell you're gonna get me on a roller coaster. I'll do a kitty a kitty coaster. That's about it. Yeah, I think Maggie got sick on the teacups too. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So they threw our stomping ground. He's they've made some really wonderful friends. Wonderful friends that would not have met before. Reed. Now, did he get along in school or did he have problems? Well, he did. He did. But um, I wouldn't say he understood how to socialize as well until he came into adulthood. I think it's been better. And certainly, certainly it's been it went to an entirely different level with this organization. The platform we've given these adults, mm-hmm. what they do read, I don't know if you know this, but do you have WhatsApp? Yeah. They communicate on WhatsApp. And they're, they're now our community builder is helping them communicate in their, uh, you know, whether it's, um, I have to think, Supper Club, the, the, the 
the Arlington Supper Club will have a WhatsApp group. And then the the uh, stomping zoomies, we call it the uh, stomping zoomies is uh, during COVID, they started to get together and they'll go out once a month. And so you can enter any of these WhatsApp groups and that's how you get communication. And sometimes they'll they'll talk to each other through there and then message each other privately to get together. But that's opened up a complete doorway for them to advocate for themselves to become friends. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's great because if you think about it, most the most of us who are autistic are introverts, very shy, anxiety. Um, really makes us very cautious about approaching new people. This is a way to say, hey, everybody is the same. Everyone feels the same. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone has the same thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes. I I cannot tell you um, how wonderful it is to see <clears throat> these adults connecting. No. Hard was it for him to get an IEP? Oh, no, not hard. He had a diagnosis of autism and he had challenging behaviors as a child. Uh, he really uh, had trouble following directions, right? Mm -hmm. His his receptive language, he was a mixed expressive receptive language delay, right? He yep. really didn't understand and follow directions. That's right. I mean, I can tell you with me when I was in high school, my parents always would get called, Reed's not sitting still, until one day they get a call. You won't believe this, Reed's sitting still in a class. And my mom's like, what class is it? And you're like, oh, it's general science. He's actually paying attention, not moving, not fidgeting. He's actually interested. And that astounded them. Oh, did you like science? Is I that why? Science. I mean, I love science. If you you ever come here, on my wall in my room and outside my room, I have a poster of the periodic table. Love it. Love it. I mean, we I'm, should have we should have an our stomping ground trip to Chicago. I love the Chicago, uh, you know, um, oh my gosh, a, a stock exchange and the museums and it's fun there. Yeah, I mean, our museums are great. Well, yeah. you should do that, and then I'll coordinate with me, and we'll set it up. Love it. So you have you love the periodic table of the elements. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> in my mind, the art, if it wasn't for science, we wouldn't have anything else. Science is the building block that creates everything that life and everything else. So if it wasn't for science, there would be any, there wouldn't be anything else. Right, you're right. It's fascinating, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Now, how does Michael handle stimulation, like being overstimulated? Or oh, he gets exhausted, exhausted. It drains the life right out of him if he's had too much, right? So Maggie's mm -hmm. a talker, talk, 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 talk. Right. He has to go like this to her. But the good side of that, having a friend like that. She pulls him in, or he'd really, he'd really like isolate a lot, right? Yeah. I see our son talking on the phone, like having a conversation, like just like you and I are having a conversation. And that never used to happen. Now, what have you learned from him watching him grow? Mm. 
Oh boy, he's the most honest, kind, un unmaterialistic individual. He teaches us so much about being a great human being. Yes. Has he gone? No, I take it he hasn't gone from ABA. No. <clears throat> no. Now, does he have anything that he's entirely obsessed with? Well, maybe some video games. Maybe, but he works every day, so he doesn't have too much time for that. <clears throat> video games, and um, I would say him and Maggie do a lot of Monopoly. They can play oh. some hours of Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, Monopoly can go for hours. No, I, I'm guessing they played a long version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Hours later, he'll go, oh, that's enough. <laughs> mm. Now, does he have any sensitivity issues? Because I know with me, I light, I'm not sensitive to light, but I do have heightened senses. How is he with sensitivity? Mm, maybe just a lot of noise will bother him. Yeah. He likes it quieter. Does use headphones a lot. I when he commutes now and stuff. I think that helps, right? But um, noise and then just too many people, too many people, crowds would not be mm -hmm. his thing. But yet he can go to an amusement park on a crowded summer day and have a blast because he loves rides. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Now, does he have heightened sense of anything? Taste, smell, hearing? Um, he has, uh, I would say, uh, probably hearing. Um, I, I would say when he was little, taste was a problem, Reed. You know, mm -hmm. he was very picky, like a lot of autistics. Um, his hearing is very, very keen. Uh, smell was always keen. Um, I'll tell you what, his memory is phenomenal. Like he never forgot a name, right? Like he was my memory. Like I'd be out somewhere and I'd go, oh my gosh, Mike, what's that woman's name? What's her child's name? He'd tell me because he never forgot a name. If you told him your name, he knew you. Do you have a memory like that, Reed? No, I wish. <laughs> I wish because then everything I learned when I was at school would still be there with me today. Yeah, he's got a great one. So what yeah. does he do for work? So he works in the school system as an aide to children with disabilities. Sometimes he just helps out in classrooms. But this year, he's got a one-on-one -on -one assignment with a young boy who has a physical disability. So he helps him um, get around to class and writing and all of that. Now, let's get back to you for a minute. How did the name Our Stomping Ground come up? Come to be? Yes. Well, we had a week. Ginny Conroy was in on that meeting. We had some, you know, meeting of the minds, brainstorming sessions when we needed to get rid of City Center Nova because we were originally City Center Nova and we lost the name because uh, some big real estate developer decided to develop a part of uh, Tyson's called a uh, 
Tyson's city center. Okay. So they said they did a search and they said, you can't have, they, they patented their name. And so we couldn't keep our name, which was fine. So we decided to brand our stomping ground. We, we got together and we picked, we, it came down to two names, Reed. I'm going to tell you what the other one was planting roots, planting roots. And I like that too, but our stomping ground with that shoe hitting the ground with that action coming out of it, like having your own place, your own stomping ground, just uh, had a sense of power to it. And so we decided to go with it. And uh, we trademarked it. When we went to trademark it, we couldn't because looks like there's a camp up in upstate New York called Camp Stomping Ground, and they objected to it. So now... Uh, in the summer of 2025, we can't use it anymore. So we don't know what we're going to do. We think Reed will just be OSG. OSG. You have an arc in um, Chicago, the arc of Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what arc stands for? When we were dealing with my autism and everything, they, we reached out to them to help me. Do you know what the arc stands for? Oh, God. I know they're a Jewish organization because I'm Jewish. No, they're not necessarily. No, I don't think so anyway. Mm. But, you know, it stands for Association for Retarded Citizens. Ugh. Isn't that terrible? So, but yeah. what the point here is, no one knows that. They don't know it. You That's just know horrible. the arc. And you think when you hear that, you go, oh, the ARC. I love the ARC. They do such great things. So we're hoping that we can just go forward being OSGs eventually, right? Because who wants to spend more money and more time and more energy branding again? I mean, so. that, I mean that's one of the hardest things that's coming up with a new name. It really is. And especially when you have to change the name you're so used to. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're, we don't, our adults don't care what it's called. They just want it to exist. I bet you have had parents come to you thrilled that now there's their daughter or their sons are now independent, enjoying life, making friends. Yes. Yes. Yes, all the time. And they're thankful. They're extremely thankful. And uh, we just think that uh, the work is just beginning. It's just beginning. Now, have we you want to go, go, go ahead. ahead. First. Well, we want to create more opportunities for really meaningful, like, daytime experiences, too, right? So, for example... Our apartment buildings, many of them are in great metropolitan areas with retail space, shops and businesses. But I think we can do something similar to North Carolina. There's in North Carolina, there's a, a nonprofit called Extraordinary Ventures. And mm. uh, I love what they're doing. They're creating workspaces for adults with disabilities. And whether it's, I know you and I were talking earlier about levels of disability mm -hmm. in the autism community. 
and we were talking about the Asperger's and the, you know, high functioning, low functioning, all those labels that people are struggling with. Well, we like to say that for everyone, there's a job they can do, right? Okay. So um, Extraordinary Ventures, for example, they have a pet sitting business. And you can imagine in one of these apartment complexes, if there, how many people have pets? If you have 500 apartments, how many people have dogs or cats? And they're going to go away for a week. Or they're going to just want that dog walk during the day because they're really gone all day, right, with work. Great business. How about dry cleaning? But how about laundering? If you're 20-something and you work for Amazon or Apple or, you know, uh, Boeing or some of these big corporations, the bank, whatever, you don't have time to do your laundry because you work so much. But you could drop your laundry off and in the morning and pick it up later that day. Mm-hmm. All folded, ready to go. Wouldn't that be nice? That'd be great. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I'm fighting for is there are so many organizations and companies out there that do not want to hire those of us on the spectrum because they don't want to worry about training and everything else. I want more companies out there to take notice about that, that we are like everyone else, but we just do our jobs better. Yeah. No, I think that's the future. Um, You know, food shops, coffee houses, uh, like an office supply store, another extraordinary venture, they have set up an office supply store. And so you can just like go and deliver supplies to uh, the area businesses, office supplies or whatever. So there's so many things we could do. Yes. Yes. I mean, I have an idea. I had an idea in my head. I want to create a sanctuary for those who are autistic, who are who have when at the end of their work day or their school day, they have where they're just so overstimulated and it's just too long to get home. They want to place it, have some place in between called the sanctuary where we have inclusive room, um, sensory inclusive rooms, therapy, computer rooms, charging stations for cell phones, place where they can go and just vet either for the day or they can rent a room for the weekend, as long as yeah. they let their parents know. <laughs> I love the idea of a sensory friendly space in uh, in businesses and everywhere. And in our buildings, we talk about you know, sensory friendly lighting and sounds and Braille and, you know, all these ways in which we can meet the needs of the community, right? Um, Like one of our adults has a problem with uh, Tourette's. And so it was causing a little bit of a problem. And he was going down, uh, often he'll go in and out of the building and walk the neighborhood. And he, he just, you know, he's coming, you can hear him yelping, and what happened was um, in the building, it was getting to be a problem in the hallways. So, we, you know, our community builder met with them and said, you know, you can't go in the hallway at a certain hour a night. And to avoid going down the elevator, we're going to work with the building um, maintenance people and get uh, have you um, use a key to go down the side door and out. And so this solved this problem. But what would we have done without us there to solve that problem? He would be evicted. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the answer, is it? No. That's, I mean, it's like, 
um, people who don't know how to deal with it. Right. That's right. It's like organizations like, um, okay, what's it called? The, um, the artistic organization. Okay. I forgot the name of it, but the big one, you know what I'm talking about. Like Autism Speaks? Autism Speaks. Yeah. Everyone hates it because they all they want to get rid of it you don't get rid of it it's something we're born with i mean it's like when i was volunteering at the field museum the when i was let go the woman goes to me i thought by giving you a month off you'd come back changed at the time it didn't occur to me to turn around and say you know what that's a very ignorant thing to say and an ableist thing to say to me considering i'm autistic you're lucky i don't turn around and sue you i know listen um when we finish when we're finished up here in a little bit i want to suggest something to you too at the end off offline you and i talking just okay. freely i've got a i just thought of something while you were talking but um you know i i think we just we just have to keep going we have to stamp out the views that are <laughs> biases and prejudices yes yes because i think a lot of companies need to take heed like microsoft and saap and a couple others there are in my searching for guests there are certain organizations even the government and i think the department of defense has something where uh, where um they hire those who are autistic there needs to be more of that in in the work industry because i feel companies are afraid yes well i like i said i want to connect you i do know one of our um biggest supporters out here i think right there in chicago their son has a business and he employs uh persons with autism so you want to know about that that business out there so i think that would be great yeah but you know again there's just work to be done yes work to be done it's, the road with autism is a very long and hard road because the prejudice of the world and people either afraid of us because they don't know what to expect or those who think, oh, you don't have it because you don't act like it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And sometimes the adults who get in the most difficult situations whether it's on the job or with law enforcement or are the adults who don't appear to have a disability yes Mm -hmm. they get in more trouble in conversations because they just don't often aren't aren't understood and really aren't understanding what the other person's trying to say yeah the world is slowly getting better i mean people are slowly recognizing on the autism spectrum and yes what is getting out there i mean more and yes. more are coming out realizing i'm not strange i'm autistic yes exactly great but on the other hand there are people who are getting misdiagnosed who think who who the doctor says you have autism but in reality they have adhd yeah yeah that's right well that's true but it's often travels together uh autistic Autism, ADHD, and anxiety, we see like traveling together. Yes. Anyways, Paula, it's been a great talking with you. You too, Reed. And, Thank you so um, much. 
Not a problem. It was great. So, everyone, this was Paula Mannon of Our Stomping Ground. Nice talking with you, Paula. Thanks again, Reed. Come and visit us. I sure will. See you later, everyone, and see you in the next one.